To the Mary Mac Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good evening, everyone. I'm here with Celeste, who has graciously agreed to talk about a very painful subject for her, and that's pregnancy loss. She has endured the miscarriage of a child. And I'm Mary Mack. I'm with the Mary Mack Show, our podcast that's available to you each week. And we're in the throes, the beginning, actually, the very first one. We're in the beginning of a series of podcasts that will be on the Mary Mack Show, talking to bereaved mothers who have lost children at all different ages and with all different circumstances. And so I'd like to introduce you to Celeste today. She's from Fort Worth, Texas. Hello. And I'm excited that she's with me. And She has a boyfriend named Brandon and twin daughters who are seven, Tiffany and Ainsley. And her miscarriage was about a year ago, did you say? Yes, ma'am. A year ago. So Celeste, please tell us about that experience, will you please? Yes, ma'am. So I found out that I was pregnant in March of 2022. Before I found out I was pregnant, I would say I lived a regular life, me, my boyfriend, my daughters. It wasn't necessarily ever trying to have a baby, I wouldn't say. I figured that, you know, I had twins. If I had children again, cool. If I didn't, fine with that too. Mm -hmm. But my partner, he doesn't have any kids. He, He parents my children, obviously, but kids of our own, he doesn't have. So. It was never something that we planned, but it was something that like, if it came up, great. So in April of 2022, he started a trucking job. So he started being out on the road like for a whole week and then he'd only be home on the weekend. Oh, wow. So was he a long haul trucker then? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. So I had been feeling weird like all of that week. And I went grocery shopping with my mom and we're talking about it. We happened to be at Walmart and she was like, well, let's just take pregnancy tests. So I'm like, okay, we, I mean, I, I guess I don't think I need to, because by this time we had been together almost four years at that point. And 
this had never come up. So um, I decided to take the test and it was positive. <laughs> so I took like three more. <laughs> just to be sure. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So once I did that, it happened to be a Friday and he usually got home Friday nights. So it was like, thank goodness. Cause I didn't think I could hold this information. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I can hold it for the week. Like if he's gone all week. So it happened to be a Friday and I found out probably like it was midday. So I still had a while before he was going to get home. So I went out and I brought like a little onesie that said, I heart mom and dad. Oh, and wow. Yeah. And I had the pregnancy test and I basically just like put a little gift together to give him whenever I want to go pick him up from his job. Oh, how nice. So, <laughs> so I was so excited. I, I had to wait until that night to go pick him up. I finally got there and I, I recorded it. It was a whole thing. I gave him the bag. He like the first thing he pulled out was the onesie, but I had it like folded so you couldn't see what it said. OK, and he opens it and he's like are you serious? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, for real? Like, you know, just because like I said, almost three years in and this had never been even something that had come up. Okay. So we were happy. We obviously, he was, this was going to be his first time experiencing a pregnancy, experiencing a baby. And for me, that was the most important thing. Like I'm fine because I have my children. When I have my children, I was 23 years old. Oh, wow. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have any more. Like, so I did everything. Mm -hmm. I did the maternity pictures. I did the 3D sonogram. Like, I did everything just in case I never had more kids. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, if I don't have any more kids, I'm okay with that. But if I can give that experience to him, obviously, I'll still love another baby if I have one. And then I can also him experience that. Yes. So he was very excited. We told close family. I don't really have, I would say, I guess I don't even know what you consider extended family. Everybody who's left in my family, I consider them close family. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that night, so initially my mom knew because she was there when I took the test. My sister knew because she was there in the house. We told his mom and his brother. So these were all the people that knew. Everyone obviously was excited for us. That was on March 25th. We actually figured that out the other day because, like I said, the year is coming up that since everything happened. Mm -hmm. So that happened on March 25th. Everything was normal probably up until, I want to say, maybe a week or two before it actually happened. Which is around the time that I told my daughters. I didn't tell them like that first day that I told him. I went and got them shirts that said like big sister or something Aww. like that. And I gave it to them. And at the time, they're kids. They were just like, okay, like you're having a baby. Okay. Like it, it, I didn't get a reaction. Right. So, <laughs> so we going, going about life, doing the regular stuff, excited to, you know, experience this again. And then, like I said, probably maybe two weeks before it happened, I started like swelling in my legs and in my feet. Oh and my in my God. first pregnancy, I didn't experience that. Like I never had any swelling. I didn't even, I never even had a contraction my first pregnancy. I got a wow. C-section at 38 weeks. 
scheduled, taken out, that's it. So I was swelling really bad, like to the point that my feet were hurting. Oh, like wow. it, it was, it was bad. It was a lot of water. Like it was bad. So that's the only thing that would have like signaled to me anything. But at the same time, I feel like pregnant women swell. Like you hear yeah. that, that they swell. So I'm just like, okay, it's just normal. I'll just stay off my feet when I can stay off my feet. And that's that. So on April 9th, I was feeling like a little crampy, but then again, when you're pregnant, sometimes you cramp. You have those lower abdominal cramps. I wasn't thinking anything of it. Going into the 10th, I believe it was. No, no, we're still on the 9th. I started spotting and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really like that. So I told my boyfriend, I, he wasn't here yet. Okay. Let, let me start there. So I'm getting ahead of myself. No, that's okay. I was home alone. I went to the restroom and I was having blood. I say spotting. I would say a little more than spotting, but not enough to be like, there's a problem. Right. Because again, like I said, my only experience I have is with my first two. With my first two, I spotted in the beginning. Went okay. to the hospital. They, I think they said they gave me potassium or something like that. Okay. To, if there was a miscarriage happening to stop it. And I have two children. So, so I was spotting, but I wasn't thinking too much of it, but I, I still was like, I'm going to go to the emergency room. Cause this is scaring me a little bit just because why is it happening? And yes. from my prior experience, like, okay, if something's happening, they can do something about it. Yeah. So I called Brandon and I'm like, Hey, this is what's going on. I'm spotting. I'm going to go to the emergency room. I'm telling her a little more calm than I was at that back point. then. Was, yeah. I was a little more hectic, but he was like, okay, well I'm on my way home. I'm probably like 45 minutes away. Oh, I'm wow. Like, okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well I'm going to go. You can meet me there. So I called my parents and I was like, can you just meet me at the hospital? This is what's going on. So they met me there. I checked in. I had the time to check in. You, you know how in the emergency room, they'll take sure. you to the back, triage you. And by the time I came out, Brandon had made it. So I don't know what he did to make it that fast, but he had already made it to the hospital before I even did anything beyond being triaged. Okay. So they took my blood pressure. They were like, okay, well, everything's looking like normal. We'll you know, we'll check you out. So the end of that visit basically resulted in them telling me everything's fine. Wow. It is fine. Yeah. I say he, because everybody tells me like, they feel like I was having a boy. So I, I don't know. Sometimes when I talk about the baby, it's just, he comes out. So they said that the baby was fine. He's measuring seven weeks. So I was scared. I was still a little nervous, but they say it's fine. There's nothing else that I can really do. I was relieved because they told me everything is okay. Mm -hmm. Heartbeat's fine. He's measuring normal. That's it. So I go home. Don't really think anything else of it. Just a little nervous because it happened. Right. The next day, April 10th, I had a regular day, hung out with my sister. I did a lot of walking, which I only bring up because at one point I felt like 
maybe I had some kind of like cause in it. No. So I did a lot of walking that day and I started feeling like I was cramping really bad again. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to ride it out. I already went yesterday. They told me everything's okay. There's nothing to be done. I just have to ride this out. So it probably got to be like 11 o'clock and Brandon had went to go take a shower and I was laying in the bed and I, I could just feel that like blood was coming. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was immediate. I could feel it. And so I went to the bathroom. I'm, I'm not crying. I'm not too emotional or anything. I'm just like, I just told Brandon, like, I want to go back to the emergency room. This is happening. And I just, I want to go again. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, that's fine. We'll go. Let's go. So we raced to the emergency room. Uh, By this time, now I'm crying. Now I'm getting scared because it's, it's gushing. Now we're to a point where there's no mistaking this for spotting. There's no mistaking this for things might be okay. Like, There's blood just coming. Wow. So we go into the emergency room. I'm obviously, I'm emotional. He's talking to the people, telling them what's going on. They're like, okay, come back. Let's take your blood pressure. I don't remember what it was, but it was like astronomical. Okay. And she's like, yeah, you're probably having a miscarriage. And that just, that was it. I was on my emotions were everywhere. Sure. So at this point, I'm emotional. I'm crying. They tell me, okay, so go have a seat in the waiting area and we'll let you know whenever we're like someone's available to see you. So I was like, all right. I didn't really, I, I wasn't thinking, honestly. I can't tell you what I was thinking. I, I don't know what I was thinking. So I went outside. I called my mom. I was crying. I was telling her, you know, this is what's happening. Like, I'm having a miscarriage. Like, they're pretty sure that I am. I'm pretty sure that I am. And I've never experienced anything like that before. Sure. So we're standing outside and I'm like, I can't just sit in the waiting room. And I don't know the protocol. I don't know the procedure. All I know is last time this happened to me, they did something for me. The doctor had specifically told me, like, we, we're giving you this so because if there is a miscarriage, like, we can stop it. Right. So in my head, I'm thinking, I don't understand why they're not helping me. Why is nobody taking me back? Why are you just telling me to sit and wait? Yeah. So I went back up to the desk and I'm like, basically, that's what I told her. Why? Why? I need help now. If I'm having a miscarriage, I don't want to wait. I need help right now. I understand there's other people here that that hasn't left me. I'm, I'm in my right mind. But like, if I'm losing my baby, why can no one help me now? So she was like, well, there's really nothing that we can do. The most I can do is give you a pad. And I was, I was just taken aback and I had, I still had the little, they leave you with the blood pressure cuff. And I just, I looked at Brandon and I was like, I can't stay here. I can't stay here and just wait for this to happen. So I told him, I was like, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, I took the blood pressure cuff off. I, I'm, I was emotional. I threw it across the room. I'm like, I can't stay here. We got to go. We got to go. All, all this time I'm crying. It's an emotional moment. So 
So Brandon's like, okay, let's go. So down the street from this one hospital, not even down, probably like across the highway, there's one of the like small emergency clinics, like one of those small Baylor Scott Mm -hmm. White type clinics. So we race over there. I go inside. I'm like explaining to them, this is what's happening. I just came from another hospital that they couldn't see me. I'm having a miscarriage. Like I need help. As I'm telling her that I need help, a man walks in and he's like, I got shot. I'm the only person in there when I walk in. Oh my God. A man, man, yes. He walks in and he's like, I've been shot. I need help. And at this point, my brain just cannot, I can't hold any more information. Right. So now everybody's scrambling to help this man. And like I said, I'm still in my right mind. I understand that I'm not the only person in the world. I understand all that. But I'm just like, I'm losing my baby and no one is doing it. That's how I felt. Like, it was so normal. Almost like, I guess the word normal, I don't know. It was so like normal to them that there was no urgency for me. And that really bothered me because it's like, I feel nothing but urgency. Right. And to, and for whatever reason, for there's nothing you can do or whatever in your head. So you're working your normal pace. And I'm just like, but I need you to help. So finally they're helping that man. So I just asked another lady, I'm like, can you please just give me a pad? Then if, if this is the most that y'all can do for me, can I just get a pad? So they give me a pad. I go into the bathroom trying to compose myself. And when I like took my pants down to do the pad, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I've never had an out-of-body experience before. I never knew what that meant. I never knew what that entailed. But I feel like I that's what happened. Like I feel like I was watching this happen to me. And I just I went to go put the pad on and I just looked at the floor and all I saw was blood. Like there was literally like just blood all over the floor. And I just at that moment, I had no thoughts. I just remember, and like I said, the the out of body, I'm hearing myself. And oh, I've never told this story to anybody else. I just, just my boyfriend, because he was there. I just remember, I literally sat on the floor and I was just screaming. And I was like, I need somebody to help me. Like, why won't anybody help me? Like, I need help. Like, I need somebody to help me. That's all I kept saying. So Brandon finally comes to the bathroom because he was still out uh, doing whatever at the front desk. And he sees everything. And I kind of see him. He's taken aback. But he's trying to be calm for me, I guess. Yes. And at, at this point, like, there's blood all over the floor. I'm sitting in the floor. I'm crying. And he's like, he, I guess he was on the phone with my mom. So he's like, here, talk to your mom. Let me go get somebody. So I'm talking to my mom. Like, this is happening. This is really happening. Like, I don't know what to do. And she's trying to calm me down. And then a nurse finally comes and they help me up off the floor and they take me in a wheelchair to the back. So whenever I'm getting up off the floor, I don't know what it was. But there was like, 
I, it could have been a blood clot. I don't know. But there was something on the floor. And in my heart, I was just like, is that my baby? And I just, and Brandon saw it too. And that I, that's one of, I feel like, one of the more traumatic things. Like, this whole thing was traumatic. It, But it just felt like, is that what that is? To this day, I don't know what it was. But they ended up taking me to the back. And at this point, I'm hyperventilating. I cannot breathe. There's nobody around. They brought me into the room and they were like, okay, we'll be, you know, we're kind of short staffed. It's just like one nurse. And they're kind of running it down, probably not to me, probably to Brandon, but they're running down what's going on in the hospital and how they're short staffed. And then they walk out and I'm just at this, I'm hyperventilating. It was a very traumatic experience. I've never experienced anything like that in my life, not past, nor have I since. So I'm pressing the nurse button because I feel like I can't breathe. So finally she comes and she's like, somebody walks past. And I said, can I need help? I feel like I can't breathe. And she was like, well, we're a little short staffed. I'll find somebody. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm just like, okay, okay. But it's like, let that have been a regular moment. And I, I would have felt some other like more anger or whatever. But at this moment, I'm in my head only about one thing. Like I'm losing this baby. And that's all I can think about. Like, no matter what, when I leave here, I'm not going to have a baby. Like, that's all I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. So finally a nurse comes in, they give, they put me on oxygen. And there, we're in the point where we're talking to the doctor. What's going on? Why do you think you're having a miscarriage? Okay, this is what we're going to do. They wanted to do like a, a ultrasound, like also like from the outside and from the inside just to make sure. So there was a point in like the point in times where I'm just sitting there and I just, the only, like I said, the only thing I can think about is, I'm leaving here with, I'm not going to be pregnant anymore. All of this in my head, I'm just like, all of this was for nothing. This little bit of time, like, I'm not going to have a baby. So finally, they take me, they do the ultrasound, and I'm just laying there, and they have the room dark. I'm just laying there, I'm still crying. The ultrasound tech is trying to comfort me, like, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, the fact that he's telling me he's sorry means he doesn't see anything. He's not going to, he can't tell me. Typically, you know, they wait for the doctor. They'll never right. tell you anything. But I'm like, the fact that he's telling me he's sorry, he doesn't see anything. Or, or I feel like he would be saying something else or nothing at all. Right. If this right. wasn't real, you know? Yes. So it's all a blur. It's like, it's clear as day to me. It's like it happened yesterday. But at the same time, it's a blur. Like it all blurs into one big moment. So finally, I go back to the room. They come and they tell me, yeah, there's there's nothing there. There's no heartbeat that we nothing. So again, nothing but emotions. They're explaining to me that everyone besides the first lady that was like, well, nobody's here. <laughs> <laughs> 
everybody was really nice. I had a nurse who was just constantly like, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Like, and I understand, you know, people, they say what they feel like they should say. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of, you're young, you can have another baby. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We understand that. Yes. It's like, that doesn't replace the one that I just had. Exactly. And it never will because that child was unique. Exactly. But it's like, you know, that's what people know to say. I feel like even before this happened to me, that might be my response. Sure. So, you know, she was trying to comfort me. The doctor comes in and he's like, I want to be honest with you. You're like, everything looks fine. Everything is regular. I can't tell you a reason that this happened. Wow. So that made it like 10 times harder too, because now it's like, so it just happened for no reason. So by this time, it's like two o'clock in the morning. We left the hospital and it was just, by that time, by the time we left the hospital, I'm not even crying anymore. I'm just numb. Sure. I just know that I'm not pregnant anymore. And what am I supposed to do now? Because I was planning on being pregnant. I made plans already seven weeks, but I I had plans. We were going to have this new member of our family. Brandon was going to get to experience having a baby, being with someone through a pregnancy. My daughters were going to be sisters to a younger sibling it it was like the rug was taken out from under me yeah and I I had to figure out like how to still power through because I still have kids at home so get home make myself go to sleep it was the hardest night of going to sleep because you know when when you come home when they sent me home I can only speak to my experience I guess when they sent me home I was still had a lot of bleeding. I was having to lay like on those, like those mats they give you in the hospital. Uh-huh. Like after you have a baby, I'm having to lay on that because it's just. You're still bleeding. It, yeah, it's still happening. And Brandon, bless him. He was so supportive. He never left my side. He did everything for me that night. From helping me clean myself up, everything. So he had maybe one time that night where I saw him get emotional. But other than that, he it was like he was trying to stay strong for me. So I'm I'm very blessed to have him because I don't know what I would have did if he was not home. Like I I don't know if I necessarily believe that everything happens for a reason, but and I only say that because I don't want to believe that I didn't have my baby and there's some like bigger plan. Like sure. I would I would rather have my baby than a bigger plan. But the fact that he was home and it could have been a time when he wasn't, it could have happened during the week when he was out. Right. But the fact that this happened when he was here and able to be with me, I'm I'm so thankful for that because I don't know how I would have gotten through it. It was that was enough. a wonderful blessing. Just that. Yes, ma'am. It was hard enough with him by my side than to think of having done it without him. Mm-hmm. 
So that next day, I, I don't even know. I just, like I said, I was numb. I didn't know. I didn't want to think about it, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. Brandon was sleeping and I just remember waking up and I kept going to the bathroom and closing the door and I would just cry. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I, I don't know if it's just because I'm just talking it out. I'm surprised I haven't gotten emotional. Typically, it's a subject that I'm like immediately. But yeah, I did. I just, I cried pretty much that whole first day. I didn't feel like I had the strength to do anything mm-hmm. other than be in the bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not fair to my other two children. But I also, like, I, I got to feel this. Like, I, there's no way around this this happened and I I gotta figure out how to get through it so I called my mom and I was just like can you take the girls for a little bit like I just need to I don't want them to be here and see me sad like this and at that point in time like I said I'm I'm crying every five minutes but like I don't want them to see that right but you have to remember too I mean you had a lot of blood loss so you were weak yes Yes, ma'am. So my mom came when my parents got there. I was like, okay, just give me a minute. That's when I decided I was just going to let them know before they left, like, this is what happened. So I sat with them and I let them know, you know, mommy's not going to have a baby. I know I said that we were going because my youngest daughter was like, well, didn't you say you were like, why are you not now? Like you said that you were. And I was just like, I know I said that we were, but you know, that's not what happened. Like trying to explain it to them when I don't even understand it myself. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was just a pretty short and sweet at that moment. Like mommy's not having a baby anymore. I just need a few days to feel better. This is why you're going to go with your Gigi and Pawpaw. That's what they call my parents. (laughs) (laughs) so they didn't really again not really a reaction not really expecting much of one they're seven years old they they don't you were gonna have a baby now you're not Mm -hmm. okay like it was black and white for them so they ended up leaving and I probably spent like the next week just in bed I just stayed in bed and Brandon stayed with me and he had just started a new job. He tried to go to work, but his job was very understanding. They're like, no, this happened. Like you should be with her. So my job on the other hand, (laughs) my job on the other hand, I'm like, this happened. This I'm messaging my manager. This happened to me. And they were basically like, well, you can be out for three days without a doctor's note. And then you'll need to bring a doctor's note from whoever you saw. And so I'm just like, I'm not thinking about any of that right now. Like, yeah. My mind. And it's like my my boyfriend, the not that it was any less of a loss for him, but he didn't physically lose this baby. And his job is being so supportive. My job, on the other hand, was not. Right. And this was a job that I had been at for six years. Oh my. Yeah. So that first week, like I said, was just laying in bed and processing it, really trying to process it, trying to like work through 
the feelings of just being like, why did this happen? What could I have done? Did I, that day that I was walking all day with my sister, should I not have been? Did I bring this on somehow? No. (laughs) Thank you. Whereas now I know that I feel that, but I, where a lot of my guilt still comes in is feeling bad that Brandon no longer gets the, that experience. Not that it can't happen again, but just like, I feel like I like dangled a carrot in front of him and then was like, no. So that's been one of the biggest things that I've struggled with is just, like I said, feeling like he was supposed to have this experience. I'm supposed to give him this experience. And I, and I didn't do it. Just feeling like my body's own, like one of my body's only jobs as a woman is to carry a baby and grow a baby, protect the baby. And it failed me. That's how I felt. Like my body failed me. Like one of the, I just want to be like a mother. I love my children and my, like my body. I like took that away from myself. That's how I felt. That's really, that's tough stuff. Yeah. I mean, to, to, to put such a burden on yourself, Mm -hmm. that's, that's hard. Yeah. It, I mean, and it's a work in progress. Even to this day, I, I still, it's, it's more so just the guilt of Brandon now not being able to experience that. That's, that's really still where I'm at with the guilt. And just trying to still really wrap my mind around, like, no matter what, no matter how many years pass or how long time passes, I'll always have a baby that should have been born. That would have been this many years old, that could have did these things with us. That's what kind of still runs through my mind. Like, it will never not have happened. So it's been since I had the miscarriage. Like I said, it's been still very much a process. I tried to find some support groups. There's not really many. Those that there are, they probably meet like once a month. And it's like, that doesn't feel like enough. Like, that's definitely not enough support. And I feel like I've I've looked so extensively, like to the best of my ability to try to find something, some way to not feel like I'm by myself. Because for as much as miscarriages are really so common, when you have one, you feel so alone, like nobody understands. And even like, my mom, my mom had a miscarriage years ago between when I was younger. And it's like, but now that I'm in it, I'm, I'm just thinking like, I know that happened to her. How, how did she get through it? Like, I feel like right now in this moment, like I said, it'll just be a year on April 10th. But in this moment, it feels like I'll never not be this person who had a miscarriage. Like, I have two beautiful children and sometimes I feel so selfish because I'm like, there are women who have miscarriages who that's all they want is for one. And they, they, 
they're not even able to have one and I still have two. But it's like at the same time, it's like my life still stopped when I didn't have that one. So that's been one of the struggles, too, is just trying not to feel selfish. Sometimes I feel selfish for being so sad when I still have daughters and people wish that they had their children still. Another thing that I've struggled with is feeling like my baby was only seven weeks. Why am I so sad? Like the, I guess the rational part of my mind is like, you can be sad. You, you, it was my baby. It was growing in me. Nobody knows that experience of, you know, between you and a life that you're growing. But then there's like the irrational part of my mind. That's like, why are you sad for like, you never met this baby. It was only seven weeks. In. Like I go through just like all these things in my mind. A lot of people try to make you feel that way too. Yeah. And people they have said that life. to women who have lost pregnancies. Mm-hmm. They say those at types of you, things. You can have another one. Yeah. You mm-hmm. didn't even know it. It was mm-hmm. just, such, you know, and then the critical people will say, we'll call them critical people. It was yeah. just a clump of cells and it mm-hmm. never really turned into anything yet. And wasn't formed. And mm-hmm. excuse me, but for those of us who have faith, it starts at conception. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, ma'am. So that's one of the things. And it was like more so I'm doing it to myself. Like I would do it to myself. I'm the one telling myself like, why are you sad? Like, like there are people out here who have children and then lose them or who go full term in pregnancy and lose their, but it's like, I was almost minimizing my own pain, but at the same time feeling it and then feeling bad for feeling. Mm -hmm. So I sought out a support group. I finally found something that kind of fit but not really because here I go into this meeting with people who lost children but again they lost children that they they lost their 12 year old child they lost their 30 year old child and then there's those intrusive thoughts again saying like these people are sad because they lost a child they knew they don't want to hear about your baby that you never knew Mm mm-hmm and so it's just been, that's been like a real struggle in, in and of itself. That, and not really, like you said, there being a lot of things for women out there that have had miscarriages. It's very hard to find resources. And the fact that it's so common, you would think that it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, pretty much I'm I'm still in it. I'm still trying to regain whatever type of normalcy I can regain after this. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up on, like I said, the year that it happened. I don't know how that day's going to be. I've already taken off work. <laughs> I, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm going to try to keep myself busy. My due date was supposed to be November 28th, I believe. So my grandparents, they're buried. They're, they died. They're buried in a cemetery. 
And when my daughters were little, my grandpa died when I was pregnant with my girls. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he has like a type of like flower pot, like that goes right in front of it. And I had stuck a picture of my daughters and my nephew on it. Just comfort for me, really. Mm -hmm. So I, when the due date was coming up, I was like, I want to do something special. Like it should still be something special because my thought process is this happened and it happened so early. Like I don't have doctor's visits to remember. I don't have sonograms to look at. Mm -hmm. For me, I have to make sure that it's not like this didn't happen. Right. This baby was still somebody to me. Yes. So I need I decided I needed to do something that day. And what I did was after everything had happened, I wanted something because again, I have I have nothing. So I went to build a band and I got a girl <gasps> made. Oh and I put the pregnancy, one of my pre- one of the pregnancy tests in there so I could have something from from what happened like right. this happened this baby was real it's not just something that's going to get lost in time right at least for myself right he he or she he because you mentioned he <laughs> you know will forever be a part of your family yeah for he, sure. you know maybe you're you know well he definitely will not be with you but i mean in spirit he will mm-hmm. always be part of your family life. Yes, ma'am. So when I did that, through that group, we had a, through the support group, they did like a little memorial type. I don't know for what reason that they did it, but for whatever reason, there was this memorial that they did for people who had lost their children. You could take a picture or whatever and then they would do like this whole big thing and come and talk to you and like help you through the grief so I had taken a picture of the bear because that I don't have like I said I don't have the sonogram I don't have any of that this is what I have mm-hmm. but this is still my child and I'm still grieving it and that's something at that moment that I wanted to do I'm trying I'm trying to do anything to be proactive about I know I'm going to be sad, but I still, I don't want to reach an unhealthy place. Mm -hmm. So I had a picture and I decided that I was going to put it with my daughter's picture at my grandparents' grave. I was going to put it on the flower pot, I guess you would call it. So we went, me and Brandon, we went um, on the due date for the baby and we put it there and kind of just sat there and talked and was just like, we weren't able to really lay our baby to rest anywhere. It it just happened the way it happened. It happened too early to even be able to really do something like that. Mm-hmm. So we decided, you know, for us, this is where we're leaving our baby. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be, you know. His resting place. Yes. In spirit. Yes, ma'am. So... That I feel like that was a very like cathartic moment for me. That was a moment where I felt a lot more peace than I had felt since it happened. Oh, it's so, so good. Yes, ma'am. So now is just get trying to get through this year mark. 
and trying to get through the rest of life, trying to remember that, yes, it did happen, but, you know, life, life is still moving. That was a hard thing for me too. Like, I feel like my life stopped. Time stopped for me, but the world kept going. I know that's like so hard when yeah. you see everybody acting so normal, everything's just fine. And you're like in crisis. Yes, ma'am. Like I, this horrible traumatic thing happened to me and everybody else is just going about their life. And it's like, also it's not their fault, but you feel anger. Like personally, like I'm angry. How can everybody just walk around like nothing happened right but it's like it was it wasn't their trauma it wasn't their experience their life is the same Mm -hmm. and I just I feel like from this I learned you know like we talked about there's not enough awareness there's not enough support people Mm -hmm. don't know what to say Mm -hmm. I mean I had to be you know sometimes I had to be bluntly honest with people and just be like what you're saying is not comforting like telling me that, oh, you know, at least it was only seven weeks. At least it was seven weeks. Or you can have another baby. Yeah. Or, and I mean, this might be a little, because, you know, everyone believes what they believe. But for me, well, it was, it was their time. God <sighs> wanted them. That's not a comfort to me. No, well, God needed them more than they need, he needed to leave. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yes, yes. I've heard that God needed so, them more than we, mm-hmm. you needed them or something stupid You're, like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not a comfort to me. No. Personally, I firmly believe that nothing bad or evil comes from God. So I'm the and same I way having to tell myself that because mm-hmm. I wanted to be angry. I wanted to be angry with God because if what people are saying to me, Mm-hmm. Is oh God, God needed your baby. Maybe it wasn't the right time, so God, you know, didn't let it happen. Why? Why then? Mm-hmm. Why give me a baby just to take it away? Right. Should not have given it to me at all. Right. So, so I'm fighting these feelings of wanting to be angry with God because why would you do this to me then? Yeah. I could have lived my whole life and learned lessons that you needed me to learn without you giving me a baby to then take it away in this very traumatic way. Like I, I could have lived my whole life without that. Mm-hmm. So I had to, like I said, I had to just keep reminding myself, like God is not evil. God does not associate with things that are bad or evil. Like th- this wasn't something that happened because of God. Like mm-hmm. personally for me, everybody believes what they want to believe. But for me, this is what I needed to believe to get get me through the day. Like it, it's not. This is not something that God would do to me mm-hmm. because I don't. If that's something that God would do to me, I don't know if that's a God that I that I want to be close to. Mm-hmm. If we're learn, if we're learning lessons through losing children, so that has been still, and I still struggle with it. I every once in a while, I still I'm angry. I I've prayed way more since I've had a miscarriage. Because I just every sometimes, maybe not every day, but a lot of days feel like a struggle. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to I've had to start praying way more and just like I I need you to help me get through this. I don't want to be mad at you, but like 
who else is to blame? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's it's true. Everybody is always looking for somebody to blame when something bad happens. Well, I mean, sometimes I'm like, well, God, it's either me or you. (laughs) So who who are we going to blame? Right. But like I said, I have to, I feel like I have a deep enough faith that I just, I have to not accept that this happened because of some greater plan, but just like things, things happen. I don't believe that, that God puts his hand on every single thing that that's going on in life. This is just one of those things that happened. And now I just need, I need God to help me get through it though. Mm -hmm. I understand you didn't have anything to do with it, but I need your help getting through it. So I feel like my faith has been one of the big things to help me. My family, Brandon, like I said, bless him. He He's there for me. There are a lot of people who don't understand. I feel like there have even been times, maybe even too with my partner, nobody's perfect, that people are just kind of like, I feel like, why are you not over it yet? Like, it's been this amount of time. Like, you should, like, you're not feeling better. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, <laughs> I'm not like it. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure out how does the rest of my life work with this having happened to me. So I, I'm with everybody else. I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to feel better, but I feel like this situation has taught me that we do, we need a lot more awareness to miscarriages. We need a lot more things put out there for people to know what to do when somebody has a miscarriage. Like I have to fight all the time being mad at family and friends and feeling like you weren't there for me the way I needed you to be. Like I I need you to be just because it happened and it's done. And like I said, life goes on. I'm still in it every day. Right. But it's, it's like at the same time, people can't read my mind either to know that I'm still going through it. Yes. That I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, suffering from what happened. But I also said, like, I believe that there's not enough out there. There's not enough information that people be like, okay, I know, I know what to say. If my friend has a miscarriage, I know how to comfort her. Right. They don't know how to comfort you. And, and they say those things that aren't comforting because that's all they know what to say. So I've, I've dealt with that too, trying to tell myself, you know, you can't blame people for not knowing what to say. Cause there was a time when I wouldn't have known what to say. I feel like there was a time when I thought when people were having miscarriages, I thought, why, like, why are they so sad? Like, it's not like you knew the baby. Like, it, you know, I, I mean, I understand. Okay. It's probably a little sad because you're not pregnant anymore. Like I've thought those things. Sure. But it's like when it happens to you, it's so deep and it's so much more than just you lost a baby you never met. It It's literally you lost a child. I still feel like I love this baby as much as I love my two children that are running around in front of me every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that baby here. And it's a pain that I feel like equates to losing my child that, that was living. Like I, I, I feel a deep, immense pain about what happened to me. And all the things that you won't experience with them. Exactly. And all, all the dreams and visions of how they would fit into your family. And, you know, you think about 
all those kinds of things. And sometimes you just don't know where to put that. Where to put that. Yes, ma'am. So it's it's all just, it's one big learning experience. I mean, that's all really I can say. I I don't have any answers. I don't, I don't know the best way to get through this. I'm learning as I go. Right. There are days when I'm fine and there are days when I can feel that I'm not fine, but I'm just like, no, no. Like I try to push it off. Like, no, there's no reason for you to be sad. Why are you sad? Like in my head, I'm trying to talk myself out of it. Like, why are you sad? There's no, you're fine. Like you're okay. But it's just like, there's days that I, I still feel like if it happened yesterday, it's, it's very much a roller coaster of feelings mm-hmm. and so, a struggle and a struggle. Mm-hmm. A struggle to convince yourself that you could still move forward every day. Yes, ma'am. And like I said, too, with the the guilt of having kids and you can't, I can't stop because this happened to me. Like, I still have daughters that I have to take care of Mm -hmm. that are here, that need, that still need me to be a mother. Yes. And some days that's so hard, but it's like, they don't deserve that. And then you, it's hard for you. So you, I feel selfish. I feel like, am, am I a good mom to the ones I have? Like it, it really, it just, one problem starts another problem because now I'm here. Like I'm sad about this baby. It's putting me in a state that I'm just, I don't want to do anything, but I still have kids over here. So what type of mom does that make me if I'm just over here for this, but I have kids that I need to take care of. So, but I mean, my daughters are very, I don't, I don't know what it is. They have always been very in tuned with me, uh-huh. uh, with my emotions. I don't know if that's a connection just because I had them, but my, especially my oldest daughter, Tiffany, she, if I'm off in any kind of way, she notices. And I always tell her when I'm feeling sad or whatever, I'll be like, I need a Tiffany hug. she'll come and she'll just hug me like I I don't know what it is like she'll just hug me and it's like she just knows she knows when like I need her without me having to express like we all want to be strong in front of our children sure we don't want to expose them to things like before they need to be or like let them know like you want to be real to your children you definitely but there's times when it's like, I don't, I don't want to break down in front of my children. Like, I want to be strong for them. I want them to know I'm sad. They know mommy's sad. We, we don't have the baby that we thought we were going to have. And my, my youngest daughter, Ainsley, all the time, she's like, what happened to my brother? Aww, when when uh, is my brother? Yeah. When am I going to have my brother? Oh, wow. So, yeah. So they, they definitely, they feel it. Every once in a while, you know, I'll try to get with them and make sure, like, are you doing okay? Like, how are you feeling about it? And for the most part, they, they're okay. Like I said, it's a scenario of, I mean, they're seven. You were having a baby. Now you're not. And that just is. So we, we kind of touch base every once in a while, but they, they, they do really good. They've been, they've taken it really well. Brandon, I feel like, Dads don't get a lot of attention either. 
Mm-mm. when it comes to miscarriages. We don't know. Really, we kind of like it happened to the woman. We get whatever tiny bit of attention we get. And but the dads are kind of kind of left there out in the yeah, cold. Kind of almost like, well, it didn't happen to you almost kind of for the men. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I know one of the things that I stressed to Brandon a lot was we need to grieve this together. We need to go through this together because if not, it's going to tear us apart. If you feel like I'm not there for you while you're grieving, or if you feel like I'm not taking your grief seriously, or if you feel any type of way about my grief, like if we don't grieve together, it's going to cause more problems than anything else. And how did he take that? I feel like he tries, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like there's also that just like, I'm the man and I mm-hmm. can't be, I, I, I can't let myself go to that place that you go to. Like, I, I have to be able to provide for us. Like if I let myself go where you go, cause like I said, I'm if on the days that I'm feeling bad, I'm in the bed and I'm out for the count on the days that it gets heavy. Mm-hmm. So he's just basically like, you know, I can't in his mind, I can't get to that place because who's going to provide for our family if I if I let myself sit in the sadness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I try to like you still have to feel it, like feel your sad. This happened to you, too. That's I try to let him know that I understand this didn't just happen to me. Like we went through that traumatic experience together. He saw things he'll never forget. I saw things I'll never forget. The only difference is I physically went through the miscarriage. But other than that, he's walked through the miscarriage every step with me. So I try to really always validate like the experience for him. Like I understand like this happened to you too. We had a miscarriage. I didn't just have a miscarriage. We did. Mm-hmm. I, I I took it on physically, but you you still put, had your part in this too. And I understand your grief. I understand that you're sad. I understand if you if you need to take the time that I take because I'm not the only one that it happened to. And I feel like men really, like you said, they get left behind. I totally yeah. agree with that. I totally agree with that. And. When a father loses a child seven weeks or however long the child has been with him or them, the family, the emphasis is mostly on the moms. Okay. I mean, right now we're starting a series about how bereaved mothers go through what they go through. And at one point I tried to get together a group just for men. And I had no takers mm-hmm. <laughs> and no takers. Exactly. It's, it's not for them. It's just mm-hmm. not for them. Sitting around in a group with other men is, is not on their radar, you know, yeah. to just sit for and sure. chat about how bad they feel or what's going mm-hmm. on for them. And I remember because I help men mm-hmm. individually and I, I remember one saying to me, you know, my big thing is, like you said, I have to provide for my family. I have to be the rock for my wife and my children if, you know, they had others. And there's no space 
for me to grieve mm-hmm. the same way my wife does. That, like you said, exactly. there's no space in my life for that. And they are afraid. They are afraid to get too emotional because they don't know what's on the other side of those emotions. Exactly. So they try their best and they do cry. There's no doubt about it. But they may take that time to cry in the car before they come home, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. they go to the shooting range or they they go somewhere where they can unleash that anger and pain. Yeah. And I always believe for all the men who are li- going to be listening here, <laughs> <laughs> your grief is real. I want to say that to them. Your grief is mm-hmm. real. And you're entitled to every bit of it, just like your wife or your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And we acknowledge you and we love you. And we're so mm-hmm. grateful that you're by our side through all of this pain because keeping a relationship intact beyond the loss of a child is a big feat. Very much. Very much. Celeste, this has been amazing. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm so amazed. Proud. I mean, you just, you brought up so much. I mean, <laughs> I'm surprised I got through it with no emotion because I was practicing because I was like, I don't want to be not knowing what I'm going to say. So yesterday I'm like in the car driving, like, okay, what am I going to say? <laughs> As I'm telling as I'm telling the story, I'm like, well, I probably look crazy. I'm bawling in the car, telling that just hearing myself say it out loud. So maybe it's a good thing I practiced before. <laughs> just, just hearing myself say it out loud, I was just bawling. Like, gosh, that happened to me. Something that crazy and like traumatic of an experience, which is how I feel that it was, like happened to me. So the fact that I got through this today, I'm like, okay, we're, it's a step in the right direction. Oh, it was magnificent. I know that <laughs> so many ladies who have either lost their baby, lost their baby early and never got an opportunity to see it, you know, and hold it and be with it and ex- have that experience. I know that this is going to be so helpful to them because what we spoke about is real and deep mm-hmm. and serious and painful. Mm-hmm. And not many people do that. You know, I commend you for sharing all of this with us because I know it's going to help so many ladies and probably their partners and husbands. Yes. So I thank you so much. Thank you. And I just, I know that I'm still trying to believe it myself, but like, I want other women who this happens to, who, like you said, are in my position. They lost these babies before they ever even saw them on a sonogram. It still matters. Your pain is still valid. Like that was still your baby. I'm, I'm honestly still trying to believe that every day myself. But it's true. I mean, it is true. I know that it's true. Mm -hmm. So I just, I hope that, like you said, listening to people listening to this, they'll take it. And if they're in my shoes, if they've had the same experience, at least one person is like, okay, like 
I'm not the only one who felt that way. I'm not mm-hmm. the only one who thought that. Because in the moment, in those times, it feels like you're the only one. Yep, that's very true. But for people not to feel so alone, th- this series is going to do something so special. So, Oh, thank you. I believe thank that you too. for doing that. Thank you for being with me. Yes, I'm very ma'am. grateful to know you. And I wish you and your family the very best moving forward. Thank you. And I hope we can stay in touch. Yes, ma'am, for sure. Okay. Bless you, Celeste. Bye now. Bye-bye. 